You ever have that feeling where you're not sure if you're awake or still dreaming? Well, dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something was actually strange. The idea that has always fascinated me about dreams is everything within that dream is created by your own mind as you experience it. You remember the chance to build cathedrals, entire cities, things that never existed, things that couldn't exist in the real world. Have you ever had a dream, Leo, that you were so sure was real? Once you were able to wake from that dream, how would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? Hello and welcome back to the Lucid Dreaming Podcast. This is episode 17 and uh, on this episode, I uh, a few days ago, I had a conversation with Daniel Schoonover, um, the creator, one of the founders of iWinks who created the Aurora headband, which uh, I've had on the show before, but I decided to uh, try another thing with him on the podcast, uh, another format of instead of an interview, just uh, having a conversation. So we recorded that a few days ago and uh, talked about a wide range of subject, uh, an update on the Aurora, um, talked about the latest Kickstarter campaign, which by the time of this posting has uh, already ended although it was still running when we were talking about it. And I think it's a very interesting conversation. I think you'll enjoy it. I did want to say uh, something I've realized before we get started with the episode itself is that, you know, I start start every episode uh, often enough with updates or references to previous episodes, uh, follow-up, and so on. Um, But it has come to my attention and uh, I should have thought about that before, that many episodes are really somebody's first listen. Like, there's a lot of new listeners, it seems, which is awesome, um, that, you know, just basically find the podcast and start from the latest episode. And then some some of them go back. If you are a new listener to the podcast, welcome. And if I'm saying something that doesn't make sense, you can skip forward, or uh, better yet, go back and listen from episode one. Just kidding. I mean, you can do it if you find it interesting. There's some good episodes in the catalog, the short but growing catalog. So uh, take a listen and, and welcome to the podcast. Like Kevin Smith says in his podcast, every episode is somebody's first episode. So uh, I should take that into account, I suppose. All right, so uh, here we go. Uh, take a listen to our conversation and um, enjoy Hey, Danny. Welcome back. Thanks for coming back on the podcast. How's it going? Oh, it's great to be here. Yeah, thanks for thanks for inviting me back. No problem. Uh, I, you know, we we talked a little bit, and uh, we thought this would be a good idea to uh, uh, to get together on the podcast and and talk about some things. And I had some things in mind that I wanted to uh, to pick your brain on and uh, see if we can get something interesting uh, from this and get 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 your opinions uh, on some things. And uh, I thought first, first and foremost, if you wanted to uh, take this opportunity to to give a uh, quick update on uh, your progress, I know a lot of people are kind of uh, waiting to hear a little more. I know I am uh, mm-hmm. about the Aurora. I know you've been 
hard at work <laughs> deep in the labs. Yes. Um, but if you, uh, if you have uh, any update, that would be cool. Totally. So we've, like you said, we've been, we've been hard at work. Uh, it's, it's been a, it's been a very, very challenging project, but very fulfilling. We, uh, when we first launched the campaign, um, our technology was based off of uh, wireless Bluetooth uh, transmission. So all of the data was sent from our headband, our brain, uh, our brain wave measuring headband, and was was wirelessly transmitted to a smartphone for analysis. Um, and of course, this is for the ultimate purpose of dream augmentation and lucid dream induction. Hmm. What we've done for the last few months is to take that 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 throughput, that that communication, and um, embed it in the headband itself. Uh, so we took all of the all of the algorithms that that we have developed over the years uh, and um, upgraded our circuitry and embedded the all the necessary machine learning and artificial intelligence scripts and programs uh, right there on board. So what that means is when you wear it to sleep, um, there's no necessary. It's not necessary for a, a smartphone to be connected. It's not necessary for the device to be communicating with anything else to work which was really the dream the whole time. Uh, we, you know, we didn't want, we didn't want people to have to set up, uh, some cumbersome, uh, you know, tool chain just to go to sleep. That's, that's counterproductive. Cool. So, so you ended up, uh, basically making it a, a standalone device. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's something we promised during the campaign. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where you make a promise and then reality <laughs> hits you in the face a few months later. Uh, regarding the depth of of what's actually involved to implement, yeah, and any small change uh, can have a cascade effect of uh, a big, complicated um, endeavor and actually implementing sometimes small changes. I think there was another one where people requested um, audio uh, in a particular way, or you know, through their own headphones or something like that. I don't remember. Did you, did you guys end up uh, trying to implement that as well? Yeah, it's it's definitely something we've thought a lot about. Um, we, it's something that, to say the least, we would like to uh, offer it in the future. Uh, whether or not it's going to make it into the Aurora is more of a design concern than anything else. Um, there, you know, with, to to do it efficiently, we there's a few ways to look at it. But if you want sound on board, you probably have to have speakers on board too. Right. Um, and you know, a lot of people were more than happy to plug in some headphones and and run it to their ears but we we got worried about the, the liability of having a cord tangling around your head when you're sleeping yeah i think we forget that uh you're supposed to put this on and go to sleep and not only be comfortable but you know not have any issues in case you in case you're um turning and and, and flipping over during the night exactly exactly so that's that i mean really that's been one of the biggest concerns for us has been keeping Keeping the form factor small and keeping it comfortable. Uh, so if you if you saw the latest round of prototype images, uh, the sleek black yeah one of one of our backers called it the RoboCop design. <laughs> um, that's it's it's a it's a beautiful design, but it's it's a little bit bigger than it needs to be. And I think that we can we can shave it down a good amount. Um, and that's that's high on the priority list for us before we ship. Um, so we you know we. we Again, the whole the whole purpose for this project and the length of time it's taken for us to deliver is going to making sure that what we do end up shipping is going to have uh, a long life. You know, it's not going to be something that 
that's a flash in the pan and then off you know off and on to the next the next thing we want to build something with legs and absolutely i i understand i think even for me as excited and anxious as i am to uh to get my um my my version of the of your device is uh i rather wait and have it you know have you ship something that you know works well and is reliable and and so on and uh you know i i rather wait and have it uh, done properly yeah right i mean why if you're gonna if you're gonna spend so much time to do something do it right yeah yeah absolutely very cool yeah i mean Really, the money that we raised was was a great seed round, um, and we we've, we've been collecting pre-orders since we closed the campaign. Not as high as 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 the campaign's rate of sales, but still significant. Right. Uh, all of the funds that we've raised has gone um, to to various various design elements, engineering elements of the project. Um, and what we what we really would like to do is ha- is use all of the money that that we've raised to shift. The headbands and and for there to be little uh, little left over um, uh, to 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 go into uh, a next round uh, and what I mean by that is that that we're so much more concerned with building the the cur- the current uh, device in a way that it's that it's got the longe- longevity um, mm-hmm. rather than rather than putting putting features off to the side and saying well we'll we'll build this into it one day and hopefully that'll be the be all end all but that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to make sure that what we've what we've designed and what we what we're offering people is uh, exactly what it what it can be. And uh, it's uh, it's the kind of project where there's a lot of different focuses going into it. A lot of design backgrounds and uh, you know educational backgrounds and minds behind empowering the project. And it's it's been a really uh, the collaborative effort has been really really awesome. Uh, people with all kinds of backgrounds getting really passionate about it, uh, chipping in where they can. Uh, it's been great. It's been awesome. Very nice. Well, I I actually wanted to kind of get your get your take on another project that was that's about to end on Kickstarter, uh, the Onirix, which I've talked about in the last episode, and to some degree, I feel like I was a little too critical on one hand, but I, I also gave the caveat where which I I did want them to succeed, and it it does seem like they put a lot of effort into it. Uh, and anyone who's listening who hasn't seen it, I'll, I'll put another link in the show notes. But it is, um, as of this recording, it's about three days to go and raise about 30% of its goal of 100000 Uh So it's not, it doesn't look like it's going to make it, although I know that they're, um, they're, they're planning on, on continuing, of course. And if they truly have been working on this for three years, then I'm sure they'll, they'll just take another avenue of uh, putting this on the market. Um, but uh, I wanted to know if you've looked at this campaign and what your thoughts are. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen the campaign. I, I became aware of it a uh, few, few days, maybe a week after they launched. Um, and, I, you know, it's, it's a real shame that they're, that they're not getting more traction. Um, it's, like you said, it's clear they've put a lot of effort into it, and it's a well-thought-out product. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it looks like they're not going to make it, and um, that's too bad. I think... We think that that the more people that are in this space, um, the more traction Lucid Dreaming is going to get overall. So we say, you know, bring it. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, that was that was my basically my my closing argument. That even though the campaign itself has a lot of things that made me raise an eyebrow, and I'm not quite sure about like you know the wording they use and some of the terms, 
you know, I, I wasn't quite sure about, but, um, you know, again, just people working on more devices and more things in this arena is, is at the end of the day, a good thing. Um, so it's interesting how, how these things, uh, develop. Right. And, um, you know, they, 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 their, their overall offering was, it was unique, but I think that, that certain aspects of it were, a bit of a stretch. I don't. I don't think necessarily people will wear will wear a wristband um, just for the purposes of being alerted every n seconds with a beep or something. So it's just a reality. Right. There's no reason why that can't be built into the, the app. Um, right. Your so, phone. Yeah. Our phone can do that uh, already. If it's on right. the wrist, it doesn't make a lot of uh, extra difference. I yeah. Suppose. Um, but really, I mean, what what I'd like to see more is more collaboration among the groups in, in this space. I mean, we I was never contacted by them that I know of. Um, and uh, there are a few other groups out there that, that seem to take this this approach, this, this um, you know, lock everyone else out and we're going to do it ourselves <laughs> approach. And, you know, it, it just goes against the nature of what, what we're trying to do here. And I, I wish I wish things were different. I wish that, that these people would would, uh, you know, reach out and, and start a conversation rather than, you know, go, go their own way. Right, absolutely. And it seems like we're all working in this sort of, um, you know, there's more and more people just building things themselves, the whole, you know, DIY and maker movement uh, that are actually from these collaborations uh, coming up with um, new ideas and uh, new ways to, uh, to work together and build some things that people have not thought of before. And there's entire industries coming out of these these collaborations. Um, it's a fascinating uh, aspect of that. Yeah. So, Onerics people, if you're listening, let's talk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. I, I do suspect that from from what I gather, they're not really local, even though even though they say uh, based in California. I think most of them are somewhere in Europe. So. Yeah. You know, a lot of these projects do that. They they claim residence in some populated tech tech hub like san francisco uh, right one of the earlier projects did that too uh, when they were you know somewhere in europe uh it, it's that's just a, a marketing thing they want to be when 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 people in san francisco click look on look at local tech they're gonna they're gonna see their project so that's that's the decision behind that we were lucky to be in san diego physically when we, when we launched our project and it, it, it's been great san diego holy crap before i moved down here i had no idea <laughs> What a thriving tech community there is here! Really? It's, yeah, it's it's amazing. There's the amount of uh, not only just the the startups and the people and the the, the venture capitalists, everyone. There's such enthusiasm about what's going on here. Um, it's I think Forbes last year rated it as the best place to do a tech, a tech startup over over Silicon Valley. Wow, that's fascinating. I had yeah, I had no idea before I, I made the move down here after the PhD thing. That's good. That that could come in, in handy when you're working on a tech project. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. We're very excited about that. How many people are you? I know that uh, we spoke last time with another one of your, your partners. Um, is is it mainly just the three of you or more people have come on to, to work with you? Mm-hmm. So um, we, we've, we've expanded our family a little bit since we last spoke. Um, there there, the core team is still small, on the order of, of you know three three to four to five people uh, working sort of every day contributing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then outside of that, we have oh man, we've got 
consultants, uh, you know, designers, graphic designers, industrial designers, mechanical engineers, uh, various coders with different, you know, skill backgrounds, electrical designers. I mean, it's we, we've got a pretty big, pretty big group. We've we've grown a lot over the last year. Um, I, I don't. It's hard to put an exact number on it. It really is. I don't. You know. Yeah, it's it's grown a lot, huh? Yeah, it's, and um, the more the the longer we go, the it's it's crazy that the more the longer we go, the the, the more talent we find. Um, that kind of comes out of the woodwork. <laughs> I think uh, good projects uh, seem to attract uh, more more creative and and technical people. It's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, app developers and you know, just just a little bit of everything. Yeah. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of new new media attraction for Lucid Dreaming. Uh, Wired put out a put out an article a few days ago. I don't know if you saw that. Um, Wired did a. Did you see that? I have not. Uh, what's uh, What's this one about? It's uh, It's just about the. It's sort of like a roadmap to the future of of Lucid Dream Tech and just Dream Technology in general. Um, and interestingly enough, it was written by. Uh, Jean-Marc Emden from Dreams Cloud. Oh, very cool! I should yeah. uh, should check it out. I'll, I'll I'll find it and put it in the show notes as well. Um, yeah, and he did a really great job summing up what's what's going on in the industry in a you know concise uh, you know little read. You could you could get through that in about a minute or two. Yeah, it seems that there's a, a growing interest, and I find it fascinating because it has a lot of aspects. And uh, now every time there is something new or some news in Lucid Dreaming, it seems to propagate really, really fast across the various, at least online blogs and outlets, anywhere from, you know, Wired to Huffington Post and uh, and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, you know, there's there's still uh, some amount of skepticism from some some places, but uh, it seems like they've they've realized there's a there's a big big demand and big interest uh, in large, large communities out there. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a fascinating subject. I think that everyone who, who uh, already knows about it or people who learn about it for the first time are, are really as uh, excited to, to learn more and to experience it. Have it. There, is a, there was an, uh, an extensive article, a piece done uh, on Medium. I don't know if you know the, the site Medium. Uh, and it was covering uh, the wide range of uh, sort of lucid dreaming subject, but it was mainly um, mainly about uh, Stephen LeBurge, and which was interesting because yeah. he seemed to have sort of uh, become secluded in uh, uh, in his own world, which is you know his his prerogative. It's it's very interesting, but he still does his yearly um, retreat and and lucid dreaming workshop in Hawaii. Um, at the mm. end, I think at the end of uh, every year. So this this article, you know, they went there and attended the the thing and kind of wrote a very extensive article on him. And I, f- I found it very interesting that he, you know, kind of left behind the scientific endeavor of it and is just strictly teaching and almost only in that format. I don't know if he continued to write, but there's no, you know, there's no blog posts from him there's no publications there's just this yearly thing and uh and that's about it sometimes every once in a while an article manages to get like a comment from him but it seems very very minor especially from from someone who at least back 
back then used to be so prominent and, you know, producing more information, doing more lectures and so mm -hmm. on? You know, I, I think that I, I may have some insight as to uh, why, why he is that way. And now let me, let me preface this by saying that I don't know the man. I, my, my communication with him has been uh, slim. We have spoken, but uh, you know, it's not, he's not the, the kind of guy I call up every few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, it appears to me anyway, that he, he did what he needed to do in, in academia to prove that, that this is a real phenomenon, that this is, is, you know, it, it withstands the test of, of scientific vigor, um, and with, with scientific vigor. Uh, and he, he did a great job of, of doing all of that. And I think that the, the reality of academia, unfortunately, is, is very skeptical. The people, um, the people who, who run the show are, um, you know, they're, it's, it's a sort of, I, I like to think of, of academia as, um, intelligent molasses it moves <laughs> it moves very carefully and diligently um into into uh, you know open areas but not too fast it, if there's a if there's a wide open crater it's going to slowly drip in um and that's the, just you know over over the course of, of decades i think this is speeding up a little bit more now every year there are a few more articles that, that pop out um with, within the space um so i think that maybe and this is me just just um um, you know, going off the cuff here, that maybe he he just got tired of of, of the yeah the skepticism in the field there, and you know, I've, it's something I've experienced myself. I was a uh, when I was at UC Irvine going for the PhD in cognitive uh, neuroscience. It's um, the the hoops that you have to jump through just to just to run a pilot experiment. Uh, it, it's it, it's crazy. I mean, if uh, if, if scientific research is really here to make the world better, I think that we need to uh, open up the way we think about problems like this. Yeah, that's fascinating. And, and you're, you're making a good point because it's, uh, it's funny. Just today, um, Charlie Morley on, on Twitter posted a link to a short video by Big Think. It's a, it's a group that does like these little videos from all sorts, with all sorts of people. It's, it's really a good, uh, YouTube channel. And this one was with Michu Kaku, so who's is you know very prominent scientist, uh, written about you know books about the future and technology and and so on. He's very respected, and this was about you know uh, I think it was titled something like Your Brain on Dreams, and I'll, I'll post a link to that as well, of course. And he this was posted a few days ago. This is a brand new video, and he is talking about. Uh, you know, dreams and even mentions lucid dreaming. And he says in the video, just last year, finally last year, oh, he refers to lucid dreaming to begin with as, uh, I think, like a myth or something. And he says, this myth is no longer a myth. Finally, last year, this uh, scientific study has proven with fMRI that, you know, lucid dreaming is real by telling people that when they dream, um, if they clench their right fist and then their left fist and then their right fist and so on, and they can measure in the brain because uh, left and right hands can correlate to the opposite side of the brain, You're, you know, left hemisphere to the right hand, right hemisphere to the left hand, uh, right. and they can still see that they're actually asleep. And so they're proving, you know, the person is dreaming and can control their actions in their dream. Right. And I'm thinking just last year what do you mean like this person who's who's you know very prominent in the scientific community at least in in his fields has not known 
uh, that this has been proven, you know, in the 70s by more than one person. Um, and throughout the years, the, the past years where people have conducted more experiments, you know, I did my, um, you know, uh, interview. It's on it's on my blog with uh, Dr. Ursula Voss. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, so... Very cool. You know, she's been she's been working on it since, you know, the the first the first study they did was in 2009, I believe and and there's one uh several years before that. And it's funny because she also when somebody came to her, the person that came to her and said, "Let's let's study lucid dreaming." She said, "What are you talking about? Are you want to ruin my career?" Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, it's still it's still a stigma, but obviously it's been done for years now and still somebody like Michu doesn't even know that this has been proven a long time ago and not just in 2013. So it's... Yeah, it's, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that people have moved past that, that, that it's something that, that they know is real just from their own experiences. Um, right. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame that, that, that that's... But you know what, that's, that's just how, that's how science is in this, in this, this country, at least. Uh, I, granted, Voss is, uh, is over in Germany. Right um, and man, what a badass! I'm so I'm so glad you got to uh, to speak to her. She's kind of like the the Nikola Tesla. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's pretty awesome. I, I, you know, it's a it's a relatively short interview. It, it was done over email, and um, you know, it's it's uh, I, I didn't want to take much of her time. It was a few uh, back and forth email. She's a very busy woman <laughs> and oh, researcher. Sure. So, uh, but it, it's, it's very cool. And she seems to be, uh, now as fascinated by the subject as all of us lucid dreamers are. So. Yeah. And for, for those th- listeners, if, uh, if you haven't heard of this, this experiment, she boss, boss spearheaded a, a really incredible study where they basically, sh- uh, stimulated sleepers brains, dreamers brains with, within a frequency that's correlated with self-awareness and were able to induce self-awareness in a dream creating lucid dreams within 75-ish percent of subjects within 30 seconds. Yeah, and I, I think what was fascinating is that they, they actually took, um, I think 100% of the subjects actually never had a lucid dream before. So yeah. uh, it's an interesting experiment where, where people are not familiar or don't have the tendency for uh, naturally lucid dreaming. Maybe they've had it as kids and they don't even remember. Uh, for me, it's something that w- would be hard to forget <laughs> But um, they're they're taking this further, and of course, they're uh, part of the reason they're researching this is mostly for the psychological benefits. They're trying to find more ways to work with post traumatic stress disorder. So it's interesting research, and it's interesting where they'll take it because they're not just coming from the point of view of hey, can we induce lucid dreaming, and that's it. What what can we do once we've done that? Mm-hmm. in a scientific uh, uh, research. But w- what do you think that some of the kind of, you know, I've written an article which is very high kind of high level of like the future of lucid dreaming and I, I let my imagination run wild. But right. um, what it's do you think? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, if we don't dream big, you know, in waking life and in dreaming, uh, exactly. where will we get to? Exactly. What- you can't expect to, to change your life only in dreams. It's It's got to be willing to put the effort in life too. Go after them. Yeah. So, what what do you think some of the uh, some of the not necessarily obvious benefits that will come out of people being able to have lucid dream on a regular basis more easily? Because oh, I've been man. I've been thinking about this a lot, and I think there's there's some like s- still some surprises uh, waiting in this. Really? 
what so so what do you think before i before i give my answer well i think that people underestimate the first of all the psychological effect of your dreams um my my last episode you i don't know if you had a chance to to hear it uh it's talking about like you know i call it your two lives and you know I don't, i'm not going to repeat the whole the whole last episode but basically you know you go you go to sleep and you have all of these experiences happening to you just like in 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 a regular day and waking life and you wake up and even if you don't remember the dreams they have the this effect on you and if you just woke up from a very disturbing dream the experience is it's it's as if it's real and so you have a lot more effect on your waking life but if unless you're dreaming lucid dreaming on a regular basis you don't have that much effect at the moment on your dream life and it's a life with full experiences uh you know full range of emotions things that happen to you and it registers in your brain just like any other occurrence like a real event that's happening to you well yeah it's it it simulates an experience through all of the senses yeah like like very few other things can do yeah so that's sort of the first thing that once we have more regular control over our dreams uh we might you know inspect them more and learn from them more but also direct them more it's not of course it's not just about control but direct them more in such a way where we wake up with already with a positive experience and start the day with a better experience having right. had a nice positive dream exactly exactly uh and so going going along that path i i think that um well the benefits of lucid dreaming are there are many of them uh, but one of one of my favorites is is the um and it, it, it's okay it's maybe not the best example given given that it's come up in a, in a negative connotation so far in this conversation <laughs> however um the 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 effect of of stimulating motor networks and uh, uh cortical networks that are involved in everyday sensation um that occurs during dreams. So in other words, it's not just that you, you're dreaming uh, spiritual, if you will, for those listeners out there who do that sort of thing, uh, senses, um, but, but that your brain actually thinks that you're activating these, you know, your arms, your arm muscles, your leg muscles, if you're running and jumping in your dreams, your, uh, those networks are actually changing based on how you dream. Um, and I think that that is an area that we have not yet explored enough and the outcomes of experiments in this area i think will change uh humanity Definitely. the question is how the question is how how much of an effect that's still uh left for science to to deduce um but that's one of the areas that i'm very excited about self improvement through dreams definitely and i'm going to again give an example perhaps that's a little more uh negative but you'll see what i what i i mean from there there was right. a, a a post recently on reddit where somebody says you know what about violence you know since there's no consequences you know what do you guys think is violence you know taking out aggression in a dream is okay like there's no nobody's getting hurt and i basically my reply was to to you know i don't want to tell anybody what to do and what not to do but you have to really consider that because even though there's no physical effect on anybody um you know in the in the real world what you're actually running through your mind is a real full real experience is hurting people and if you are actually running your brain and reinforcing these neural pathways of violence and you know hurting people and not caring about others or or what not 
I think that's a de- dangerous uh, proposition. I totally agree with that. And the, the, the official stance of the American Lucid Dream Induction Device Foundation is um, that dreams don't kill people, people kill people. <laughs> Amen. Oh my God! So you know, it's it's uh, it's fascinating how pe- different people uh, relate to, to to these arena. And the yeah. other the other thing that I I think would would come out of uh, a regular practice where people don't quite see it yet, and this is this is still in the realm of of theory as far as I'm concerned, uh, at least for me personally to to some degree, is what we're going to learn about our own conscious awareness in. Okay, I don't want to sound too airy fairy, but it's the the nature of it, the essence of it, <laughs> is um, you know I've mentioned. You need to get sound effects for the next. <laughs> I'll, find, I'll find some. It's uh, it's time to yeah, uh, it's time to upgrade this this podcast with some sound effects. Yes, that's um, what I'm talking about. But I've I've mentioned a book, and I actually want to recommend it to you. I don't know if it's uh, something that interests you, but um, there's a book that just came out called Waking Up by Sam Harris. And it is a fascinating look at the nature of your own consciousness from the subjective first-person perspective. So he's looking at it from science. He's a neuroscientist, of course. Um, but he's talking about how our day-to-day conscious awareness is, you know, we're, we're not really seeing it very accurately because we're always lost in thought, whether we realize it or not. And he says that there's something that happens once you start becoming aware of it. And when you start, you know, practicing in some way, stopping just being lost in thought. And I think that lucidity is the equivalent of being lost in your dream and kind of snapping out of it. And I think there is a level of lucidity that people get to when they do it on a regular basis that starts um, revealing some aspect of your conscious awareness mm-hmm. that we, we weren't really aware of until then. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that, and something that uh, a, a heuristic that that uh, one of my friend's parents shared with me, something a personal an anecdote, if you will, um, about their own dream life was that they would have these recurring dreams that sometimes would turn into nightmares, um, and and as, once they figured out what it was in their real lives that were uh, correlated, I guess, with with those experiences, once they figured out that connection. Mm-hmm. those dreams went away completely interesting yeah and it's something you know i, th- I think that even even today with nightmares and, and uh, um recurring uh, dream signs and dream experiences that it's our brains work um in, in a lot in a much wider time scale than we think they do mm. i think it takes a lot longer for for us to make important decisions than than we are aware of yeah yeah, and I'm I'm willing to even take this uh, a step further because it seems for some reason that with lucid dream, it's uh, at least online and in a lot of blogs and forums and so on, it's so attached for so many people with um, paranormal phenomena and all sorts of you know the weird kind of spiritual you know new age kind of stuff, which I'm you know I'm open to but averse to at the same time. I you know I like science, I like proof. I think. You know, it's easy to imagine things or interpret them one way or another. But I think that once again, if we cultivate more ways to become lucid, have devices that help us become lucid on a regular basis, this will give a tool to people who do want to say, hey, can I heal myself, you know, through uh, activity in a lucid dream? Or can I, you know, 
see the future or this or that, all, all the sorts of things that people come up with that, you, that they think that they can do in a lucid dream, whether they can or not, I'm not quite sure. But maybe this will give um, just the ability to to set an experiment and say, you know what, now we can reliably induce lucid dream in people. Let's set up an experiment and let's see if we can do this, that, or the other thing, dream sharing and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. Because lucid dreaming is still so elusive for so many people. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And, and I think that, uh, I mean, even, even, even for someone like me, who's been aware of it and, you know, has, has done the due diligence of training and reading, reading the books and, um, it's still, it's still difficult to do consistently. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it, it just goes to show that, that, um, that there's a, there's a definite need and definitely a demand for, um, more effective training programs and technology to help, to help people have these experiences more. Absolutely. Well, Danny, uh, thank you. I don't want to take uh, too much of your time. I really appreciate uh, this chat. It's been, it's been oh, fun. Oh man, you know what? It's Sunday. I don't, honestly, if I wasn't doing this, I'd be watching <laughs> football. So <laughs> Sounds good. We should, uh, <laughs> we will definitely do this uh, again sometime. Great. I, I love it. Awesome. I'll see you next time. I'll see you next time. Thanks, man. So that was my uh, little chat with Daniel, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. All the little mentions and links and uh, videos and articles that we talk about in this episode, I'll put in the show notes, which you can find on the website at lucidsage.com. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at TheLucidSage or reach me on the website lucidsage.com. Hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, hope to see you again in the next one. Until then, sweet and lucid dreams.